Mental Health TV. I'm really excited tonight. Um, we've got students with us from a big range of backgrounds. Um, after it was asked for us last week to include some student perspective. And so we have some of the finest young minds available. Um, can I introduce you first to Vanessa? Hello, everyone. Um, it's great to be here again. I'm Vanessa Garrity. I'm co-presenting with Nikki. Um, I'll be doing the social media tonight. So if I'm looking down, it's not that I'm not listening, but um, I'll be checking out any tweets that are coming in on MHTV. So do tweet us um, and join the discussion that way. Alternatively, if you on Facebook, if you go onto the Unite MHNA page and like the page, you can follow our live stream there. Okay. Um, I'm Nikki Lambert. Obviously, I'm a mental health nurse and I teach nurses. So I'm going to go around the screen as I can see it. So the first person I can see is Trivoli. Say um, hello and who you are. Hi, everyone. My name is Trivoli Gabrielle and I am a mental health nurse and third year nurse student. I'm about to qualify and that's me. Okay. Um, Laura. Hi, everybody. I'm Laura. I'm a third year mental health nurse and student as well and I'm based in Stirling University and I'm a last policeman. Jade. Hi everyone, my name's Jade. I am a first year mental health student nurse uh, based in North London. And last but not least, obviously Sean. How's it going everyone? I'm Sean Prendergast. I'm a student going into fourth year due to start in September and I'm based up in Abertay in Dundee. So we've got some real interesting times coming through for students. Students are obviously facing completely unprecedented experience. No, nobody else has had this student nursing experience that these guys have had over the last year. So I guess um, first thing would be nice to do would be just to check in in the same order that we went round um, and just find out how, how things are. What's it like being a student nurse at the moment? You want to start off, Trivoli? Um, okay, um, what, where do I start? Well, first of all, entering third my journey so far has been amazing. I can't well, well, obviously with its ups and downs, so I can't really fault it. And then entering into third year, it was, I was enthusiastic. I was like, wow, I finally got here. Yay, I've been qualified in a, less than a year. And then time came for the final placement and we started to hear the noise in the background about COVID. And I recall going into um, placement the first week and students were pulled back. And um, it was students were pulled back, not not um, students from middle sites, but other nursing students were. We were told other nursing students um, from other universities were pulled back, but we were still left on placement. And so things kind of became a bit confusing and anxious. Anxious. Well, I became um, worried, um, anxious, and then I felt as there was a bit of disconnect at the time during the first week of um, placement. That would have been in March. Um, and slowly trying to get used to the new normal, really. Yeah. First mention of the new normal. One to yeah. two <laughs> yeah. Laura? Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for me. Um, like Sean, I was meant to be doing my owners. And um, obviously when all this came about, totally swept up with like wanting to serve your country and, and you know, just getting swept up in the whole atmosphere of it all. Dropped my honours and went into placement, so I'll qualify this year instead of next, which is quite a big step for me as well. But I'm one of the few students at the moment that are in a community service, um, quite a specialised community service. So that in itself has been a bit of a challenge in terms of, you know, um, client contact, um, how we're running things now that everything's online, um, how that's managed, how then I have a relationship with my mentor as well. 
mm. the offices are quite small so having even having that contact where you would normally be with your mentor quite a bit it's all online now as well so it's been it's, it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind in itself and a challenge but it's been it's been a good experience there's a lot of support out there um especially mm. where i am just now so um as much as it's been quite challenging it's been really supportive as well so okay so mixed bag for you too i guess yeah. how about you jade I think for first years, it's been a really like complex bag of emotions because there is a real feeling of disconnect from being a student nurse. Um, for first years, placements were dropped. So right now I should be on my 10 week last placement of the year um, and that, that was dropped. And whilst the university has been so amazing in trying to keep us engaged, I think when you don't have that practice placement, it is really hard to feel like a student nurse still. Um, but then on the other hand, I know many people on the course have actually felt that the pandemic has given them a lot of relief um, and actually they felt quite overwhelmed with balancing everything and having the placement cancelled has actually been a bit of a relief for them and it's given them time to breathe and manage other things going on in their lives. Um, so it's definitely been a mixed bag and then for our cohort we very sadly lost one of our students, um, Addie Raymond passed away and that's just been a really hard sort of time and being so far away from each other you know it's hard to connect, but I have felt the support from my cohort, which has been really nice. Mm. I think you can't underestimate, you know, what people have gone through. Mm. And you, every now and again, you see sort of comments sort of pop up in sort of like the news and things. We're saying, well, I don't know anybody who's been harmed by this. Why are we all waiting? And I think for people that are working in health services, we've seen a completely different side to right. this experience than a lot of people have. But, you know, thankfully, we want to keep the, the numbers of people who experience that down as low as possible but it is a it is a frightening experience you know when you're on a training course and it's a training course where you could lose your life that's mm. it's not anything anyone really expected I think no so thank you for not. thank you for bringing that up it's important to remember him absolutely yeah. sure what do you what did your experience um, like so with my student journey I was supposed to have my sign off in the summer and then I moved home due to a family bereavement and then I returned to Scotland in September and I had time to make up down my three years. So I moved back from September to December. And then I moved back to Ireland temporarily until August. So I've been working agency in children's in children's hospitals in Dublin. So um, I'm not actually in the UK at the moment. I'm returning in August, which obviously COVID will still be, well, yeah, most likely will still be going around. But um, obviously the, Irish, the Republic of Ireland have dealt with things a little differently to the UK. Um, and we're now that was on very similar. tactfully put, Sean. <laughs> yeah, but, um, so my my like currently I'm not actually on placement. I finished my hours. I've just got my registration in February. I've submitted mm. my application. I'm waiting on an offer, which hopefully will come in the next couple of weeks. And then I'm hoping to return in August to start working as a staff nurse. Mm. So that's really interesting. There are people on placement, people off placement, people working agency, some people working HCA at the minute. And it's been a really um, odd experience between, because you're all so obviously so experienced in terms of your caregiving. Some of you are drafted in, some of you are told to wait. Some of you have had that experience where you've been asked to help and you've stepped up and now maybe you're being told not so much helping. Because <laughs> there's been some news very recently, hasn't there? About um, student placements potentially ending. I wondered if any of you guys had any thoughts on that and then we'll go to Vanessa. Yeah, there was a bit of chat, um, although it's NHS England at the moment and, and hasn't come up to Scotland, but as as things always do, start there and come up. So there was a bit of chat mm -hmm. 
certainly in my cohort, my mental health cohort, and, and a bit of panic. And, and I mean, even myself, I, the way things work, and obviously you want to give your all to placement anyway, but I, I gave up a contract to come out and do my placement. And it obviously is a paid placement, but that contract's taken me through the last three years of, of you know, my studying, and it's the only way that I've been able to get through it. So if that then ends in, on the 31st of July, then, do you know, the position we're in, people that have got kids are um, commitments. It's, it's, it's quite scary. And it is a case of, you know, and like I was saying, you know, at the start, we had this, um, you know, we, we want you to sign up. And you did, you had this, that's who we are as mental health nurses. We wanted to join up and we wanted to help where we can. So you do all that and you move things around and you leave jobs and and, and you, you juggle kids that aren't necessarily at school and you juggle the home learning as well to get to a point to be told, well, actually, we don't really need you that much. So from that point, you won't be registered yet. You won't have your pin in, so you can't really transition onto a band five. So what do you do at that point? And I think there probably is a bit, especially in, down in England at the moment, there's a bit of a panic. Um, mm-hmm. There certainly would be if it was if it was confirmed up here as well, myself mm-hmm. included. Can I ask you, Trivi, you, you were talking a little bit about this. Yeah, so um, similar, there's been this chatter about everything ending um, July 31st, um, but most people, um, for my cohort, um, quite a number of them decided to take on the extended placement. Their contract said um, up to the 30th of August, I believe. So while there is a chatter in the background, um, they feel confident that they would be able to carry on because they, they have not heard directly from the trust itself. So they're like, well, that's what um, NHS England is saying, but this is what our contract is saying. So there's that bit of disconnect at the moment. And hopefully things will get clearer because I, I think this, we just heard about this earlier in the week. So mm-hmm. hopefully things will become clearer um, as the weeks progress and then we'll definitely know who, what, who is doing what and when it's coming to an end. But I, mm-hmm. while we do know it was going to come to an end, I don't think it's fair. Like. Mm-hmm doing it so quickly. I mean, people have made plans and people have put things on hold to um, support the NHS um, until that time. So it leaves a bit of a sour taste once more, so to speak. I think that is a very um, professional way of putting it. (laughs) There's something, isn't there, about, you know, if if you are treated transactionally at this stage of your career, I'm not surprised if that shapes the way that Mm -hmm. some students will go on to treat working for the NHS in the future. I think it's, there are ways and means, aren't there, of, of starting and ending comp, um, uh, sort of jobs and ways and means of, we, um, beginnings and endings are something that mental health nurses should be better at. Yeah. You know, we know how it is if you terminate something badly. Yeah. Um, can I come to Vanessa and see if she has anything that she'd like to add to that? Yeah, I just um, really, you know, we were talking in last week's episode about the invisibility of nursing and how it's become a lot more visible since COVID. And I think that's the same um, for students as well. I think that there's been a lot of appreciation about students and the way that they've stepped up in terms of helping the nation and supporting the sort of COVID crisis. And, you know, it's been great to hear all the clapping and support. I think um, it is really unfair Um, what you're going through at the moment in terms of the placements and I think it's really important that we are all vocal in our support of you and that you know people do speak out about it and certainly on social media tonight what's come through is a support for you all so we've got lots of comments I think some of them are probably friends and family as well Um, but there's been lots of comments on Facebook and just kind of appreciating you all really and sending support so 
Um, I think we need to put that across really because you have all really stepped up, not just yourselves, but you know, all the student nurses out there, haven't you, in terms of working in these difficult times, whether you're a first year or, or coming to the or towards the end of your placement. And um, and I think what Nikki was saying about um, you know, the trauma, normally we're able to reassure people that there could be um, you know, difficult incidents and this is how you manage them, but we're not able to reassure people, are we? Because we're working with an unknown and that's where the trauma is, I think. Yeah. Um, I wondered as well, like just thinking about sort of day to day, how you guys have been managing. Hmm. How about you? How have you been getting on? Um do you know what? I've really appreciated the support that I've had from um, the team at Middlesex. Um, we've been having like weekly Zoom calls with all of our uh, fellow student voice leaders, which has been really nice to engage. And I think Middlesex has a really nice, um, truly, I don't know if you agree, just like a really nice like, family vibe about yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the lecturers very much feel like mates in a way. Yeah, and it's yeah. quite nice. Um, mm. And so that's been really lovely um, to help us sort of navigate um you know everything i just wanted to add on to what we were just talking about a second ago about mm. um sort of support for student nurses and support for the nhs in general i think over the past you know however long it's been we've had every thursday the collapse with the nhs and things like that and i think now is a really important time um for all of those people who are clapping to also really actively you know read into what is happening to our student nurses what is happening to our nurses and maybe spending the time where they used to clap on a thursday evening maybe looking into writing to their mp or you know just researching into what it's like um because i think that um i don't want that to sort of be forgotten about now that the claps are sort of stopped and i think what's happening to the, the third year student nurses um it's not not nice so i hope that the, the country can still keep going behind our nhs workers mm. yeah absolutely mm. it is a really odd mix of, um of emotions at this sort of time and as well this was supposed to be like the year of the nurse and the midnight from all we <laughs> yeah. like fantastic rah-rah parties <laughs> so i guess um how about you sean how have you been sort of like managing because you've obviously had this quite strange disconnect yeah, yourself so as I said, like I left in December, so I left just before things really kicked off and I've been working night shift for the last five months, just uh, saving money, having the same routine before coming back in August. And I've been on special obs with particular patients for long periods of time. So I go in on a night shift and a couple of patients before I had to wear PPE just because they were on, had respiratory issues, not actually COVID, like risk of COVID with the person, but um. Yeah, like with myself, I have the same sort of routine. I'm doing four nights a week or whatever and minimal minimal contact with people in between. But obviously on a day shift, things are a lot more hectic. I'm in pediatrics, so children of all of all the demographics probably are getting it the least. Like obviously psych, like the care homes and stuff, it's the most risk and they're the most vulnerable, which is terrible. But just to go back on what Jade said there about... Um, like the clap for carers and stuff mm. it is all well and good like i'd agree in saying it's all well and good like showing their support and stuff but i think like the nhs and student nurses nurses have put, had to put up with so much like even in ireland across the board it's nice to see we're getting appreciated but i think when things settle down and whatever it's you don't want society to just go back and forget everything you want actually real change to happen like sustainable change going forward but um yeah, like that's that's just what I want mm. on the back of that. Yeah. How about you, Laura? What do you think? 
I think, you know, how I've been managing is like everybody else and you, who's even on furlough or even is at home with kids is, is really utilising your family and friends. But we've had the quiz night on Saturday nights and I'm, I've got a really great few group of friends that we check in regularly and share our stories and, and, and even using social media like the Twitter output as well and knowing that everybody has got something that they've had to give up or had to change or had to adapt and you know we're all kind of in the same boat um but e even within placement there's a lot of kind of well-being calls there's um, well-being Wednesdays um there's like bingo games during the day just to keep us going because it's tough it's tough staring at that screen um for your full shift and and, and everything's quite full on and um you know at, at the moment so it is just and it's a bit checking in with yourself as well and um and regularly checking in with yourself and reflecting on that day because it can be quite tough and and some days you come away and think oh my god I can't go back in there tomorrow but you just have to use what you've got and use your family and friends as support to kind of get you through um mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think um like I said initially there was this, a lot of, I well I, I personally experienced a lot of anxiety and then like Jade said the um the student voice meetings weekly um, was an immense help. So it kind of helped to clarify some things and they really helped to relieve um, some of the accent that I was feeling. Um, I also started to tap into social media and then knowing that I'm not the only one experiencing these things was a big help as well. Um, tapping into other people and what other people are going through as well. And then um, the trust um, when they started the CEOs, she started to do a weekly um, podcast um, on the internet. So then tapping into that and then listening into the accurate information. And then because, you know, you, you're arm in placement and you're hearing all these, these um, like uh, Jade had mentioned, one of our classmates, had, um, one of our fellow students had died. And then we also had two trust in the nurse who passed away, so two nurses in the trust who passed away as well. So then obviously concerns and anxiety. And so listening to the accurate information from the internet, um, from the CEO, as well as um, the weekly check-in with Middlesex University, um, that really helped. And then along came these different um, meetings that they started having for nurses, weekly meetings for the BAME uh, meetings. Um, that, that started on a Friday, Nigerian Nursing Association. So just listening to the different um, presenters and that and how they were speaking on issues concerning the Black and ethnic minority community, and that was really helpful, and that kind of helped to just... So the more information I got there, um, the, the more I was able to just kind of decipher what help is out there, and knowing where to turn to was um, what helped me to... Yeah, it seems like you've all sort of like pulled on different resources as well. Yeah. And I think it's really important to note, actually, the um, experience of us all is so different, isn't it? It's a very different experience seeing what's going on in the news and being from a black and minority ethnic background and knowing that your odds of contracting or doing less well if you do contract are very different. You know, that, that's really important to yeah. notice because, I mean, you know, there's so much that we share in terms of like our nursing community. But I think it's really important to, to see that there are some differences and we need to be very, very supportive and very um, clear about our values base when we're supporting each other and speaking up on behalf of each other. And it's really key to, to bring that up. So I'm glad you did that. Has anyone used wobble rooms or anything like any of the kind of like support mechanisms has been put into placements in practice? I've seen a few different uh, health boards like getting their um, 
relaxation rooms and stuff off the ground but obviously being on a different island I haven't mm. had the pleasure <laughs> of uh, like relaxing or taking taking the time out in any yeah. of them um, I think it's a good initiative like any sort like to follow on from the point of like getting support from everyone else and hearing the good the bad the ugly of the different stories people are going through like I do like I'm sure people take comfort in that knowing it's not just them you know we're all in this together like kind of rallying through and like obviously all the positive stories you hear like and um, that veteran that did raised over 20 million you know you see things like that and it's great you know it really boosts, boosts the morale and stuff and um, me personally i try to avoid the the negativity twitter is twitter has not been the best for that because you get the news ahead of the actual mainstream media but <laughs> um yeah like i think there's been lots of positives like like people banding together and you know kind of facing this head on both students and healthcare professionals so which that's that's nice to see definitely i agree i think as well one of the privileges of being in nursing and going through a pandemic like this is you're surrounded by some of the best types of people um and the most supportive types of people and i think that we've well in my experience um particularly my a smaller group of friends that I have at uni we've really pulled on each other and really supported each other through that which has been a really like nice thing to have. Mm. I was really surprised that you guys said that you found social media supportive because I had to cut back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm too scared to look at this phone today. <laughs> I think in terms of the social media output you know for a while there it was an amazing time to be a nurse because with the clapping for the carers and you know everybody was aspiring to be a nurse and we we're all amazing people and it, and it really was quite a nice atmosphere for a while and people were sharing posts about long days and you're amazing and you're great and it, and it was and all the rainbows everywhere you know it was thank you NHS and and you did feel you know you did feel um and, and still do feel quite privileged to be delivering that service and and, and beyond and some are, are more frontline than others um but as it's a good time it's a good time to be a nurse because we're really our showcase and who we are, what we're about and what our qualities are and the fact that, you know, we are giving up quite a lot to be out there and supporting other people and, and putting other people before our families in some cases as well. So, you know, we are showcasing ourselves as well. And also that we're highly skilled academic people as well as kind people. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting when you talk to people about nursing and they say things like, I didn't realise you were a nurse, you seem really smart. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <"Thanks."> <laughs> I'm just going to go with thank you for that. <laughs> I, I am really smart. <laughs> but it's very interesting, isn't it? This um, Every time you see nursing in the media, there's this lot of um, misunderstanding about what you guys do on an everyday basis and what it means to be a nurse. So I think you're right. This is a great opportunity for us to start talking about that. Yeah. Vanessa, do you want to come in there? I could yeah. tell you if you're waving at me. <laughs> Yeah, no, just really to um, to reinforce what we've just been saying, because I think in terms of um, mental health, we're going to be needed post-COVID, aren't we? I mean, the mental health needs are going to be pretty significant from the COVID crisis. So I think it's important that we, we stay visible. And um, I think has already been said, I think it was Laura who was saying about the visibility of support that um, it's kind of waned a little bit now. And that often happens in a crisis, doesn't it? That people support you during the crisis and the crisis ends. And actually that's when you need support. <clears throat> so I think it's recognising that um, for students because it can be quite an isolating time. And, um, and it's also recognising the role of mental health nurses and mental health nursing students post-COVID 
given um you know the trauma uh, bereavement and um mental health difficulties and the and I'm hoping, and Nikki will know more about this than me, that the curriculum will reflect that because there are going to be changes, aren't there, in terms of, you know, the presentations that we're seeing and um, particularly around trauma, I guess. Mm. Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about nurse education, how you found it in a second, but I just, I guess I was just wondering, how did you all know that you wanted to be mental health nurses or mm. nurses? What, when did you, when did you realise that? So who wants to go first? Because it's a, it's always a... It's a real interesting question to ask people. I don't My background's in psychology. That's where I started. I'm obviously a mature student, although you wouldn't obviously know, but I'm <laughs> My background started in psychology. So I already quite like the whole um, developmental and the influences that, that, that children mm. even had at an early stage. Um, and then I went on to manage a service um, delivering care in the community to over 65s. And I came across a, um, a CPN, so a community psychiatric nurse, who was very, 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 very challenging um, and wasn't delivering such a great service. And I remember thinking to myself, I can do a better job than that. I can do a much better job than that. And we ended up as a team delivering quite a lot of help and support um, with people in terms of mood, um, self-managing some of the, the, the issues that they had at home. And I felt as if I had a bit of a niche for it. And it just kind of grew from there because I wanted to do it on a bigger scale. Um, and everybody always says to me, why don't you follow the psychology route? There's more money in it. And I went, but I wanted to deliver like, what, what a nurse represents. So the, the skills, the qualities, the care. And I want to deliver that on a one-to-one -one basis or to help people deliver that on a one-to-one -one basis using these qualities that a nurse has and that, that, that I think we all have. And it's just about developing them. So, so that was my journey is meeting into somebody that, that didn't do a particularly good job and I knew it I thought I could do it better <laughs> as, as usual as usual but yeah well that's interesting that's interesting what about you other guys how did you come to be mental health nurses so with myself I am um, did six years of business out of school including a four-year degree and um, just was working in the office nine to five in front of a computer screen treated like a number didn't enjoy it my mom is uh, a children's nurse she's been doing it over 35 years and a close family member live with a long-term mental illness. So that was first-hand experience of like looking at supporting someone with a long-term mental condition. And then like nursing as a career is definitely in the blood through my mom. So um, I wanted, I moved to Scotland to get the proper college experience and uh, haven't looked back since, obviously three and a half, almost four years later, absolutely loving it. Like, so it's, I, as a student, I wouldn't have, excelled too much sport would have been my focus growing up but now I've kind of found a, a career I'm passionate about so I'm kind of throwing myself out there and like excited by it you know mm -hmm. so yeah. that's I think my story kind of resonates with you Sean um I finished my A-levels about six years ago and um, my family and friends would always make jokes about the amount of jobs that I've had I've had about 45 million jobs um and I just never felt really quite happy or quite right um and then I started working for a charity called Mencap uh supporting people in the community with learning disabilities um and then I I worked in my local A&E for a while and it was actually working in A&E that made me realize that I wanted to do mental health nursing we um worked quite closely alongside the RAVE team there um and I I just saw that there was a real lack of, I don't know, service, I guess, supporting people with mental health, um, long-term mental health problems in an A&E unit that we had. There was maybe about 18, 19 beds and one room 
um, bed for a mental health patient. Um, and I just got talking to the team and everything sort of just fell into place. And since I've started my journey as a student mental health nurse, there's not really been a day where I've felt like how I used to in my old jobs. Everything just feels right all of the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, similar to Jade, um, so prior to starting my nurse training, I was working with um, local charity makeup um, for independent makeup, barnet makeup. And while I enjoyed that, I wanted something more. And I find I enjoy talking to people. I love hearing people's lived experience. I could sit down all day and ask, well, what happened here? And how did, and what were you thinking? And what are your thoughts? And I, I really enjoy that. And alongside working with um, Barnett Minkup, I was also working in a, a pharmacy. So I was doing pharmacy assistant as well. And I found I spend more time talking to what they're experiencing and, and what they're going through as regards to maybe just uh, regular transportation. Actually, you'd say, here's your medication, there you go. I spent a lot of time talking to the um, to the client, well, to the customers. And more and more, I was picking up little things here and there. So it wasn't necessarily about their physical health. They were quite happy to talk. And I realized that there was something in there regarding maybe they might be, this, um, they're going through whatever diabetes, hypertension, but there's what I'm seeing now as an underlining depression, so to speak, that might not have been picked up. So I just... So it just um, snowballed from there, really. And I got talking to um, a few of my um, neighbors, and they're mental health nurses who knew. So in talking, I said, oh, this is what I experienced today. This is, this is what I spoke to this person about. And at the time, I was also looking for a change. And um, they're born, um, they're, they, they suggested, oh, why don't you, you, see, you seem to be love talking to people. Why don't you get into um, mental health nursing, give it a go. So if you like, it. and you know something, I've never looked back. I've enjoyed, I have thoroughly enjoyed my time at Little Six. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting into the next journey um, as a registered nurse. I'm looking forward to it. But with all of this that has happened, I think it has prepared me more, if I'm honest, um, with the whole experience during COVID. Um, I think it has prepared me even more so for the role I'm about to um, take on. Good, good. Well, just before, Vanessa, we come to you for questions, why did you become a mental health nurse? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa? I'm so shocked. <laughs> I had my head immersed in Twitter then reading the comments. So, um, yes, I think um, for me, it was um, serendipity, really, as lots of things in my life are. I hadn't considered um, mental health nursing, but I was always really interested in people's stories and really curious um, about people's lives and always um, had um, an instinct about helping the underdog, really, and um, really passionate about social justice. And um, and I was uh, and I've got no nurses in my family at all. And I was planning to go down more of an arts route with my career. And um, and I was at sixth form college, and I just literally overheard somebody talking about applying for nursing. And they mentioned mental health nursing. And I turned around in my chair and I said, um, "What's mental health nursing?" And they told me, and I just had this um, huge instinct that that was the job for me. And I went home that night and I said to my mum, I'm going to be a mental health nurse. And she was quite surprised because, like I say, there were no nurses and I'd never shown an interest. And I think she probably thought of nursing as adult nursing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and when I told them at college, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, this is back in 
you know, the early 90s, they um, they tried to um, persuade me against it, said that I was making a mistake, that I um, should do something more academic, which feeds into Nikki's comment. Mm. And of course, um, I said, no, that was what I was going to do. And, and I went off and I did Project 2000 at the time. And I've never regretted it. I think it's a brilliant career and there are so many opportunities and I would never change um, the decision that I made, even though it was a really quick decision because it was the right decision. So yes, that's my story. Well, what are they saying in Twitter then? So so absorbing. Tell us some questions from there. <laughs> yeah, I was just reading because Jane Beach has put a comment in, and she was involved in um, in some of the um, discussions with the NMC today, um, and she's a lead for regulation, isn't she? In Unite. So. Um, what I was reading was this comment here. Um, in a meeting today, the CNOs confirmed that Scotland and Wales third-year student payments will continue until they join the register. In England, those who will still have hours to do will continue to be paid. Those who have completed will be facilitated to join the full register. Um, and then it just says we are in discussions to ensure that there is no gap for people. So that's quite reassuring, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Laura's talking the corner there. Yeah. <laughs> silently, silently. <laughs> yeah. I guess the thing is as well, one of the problems is not just the uncertainty, I think that the lack of parity. So even across London, all the trusts are doing different things, regardless of the fact that we've got like central organizations. And that I think is is going to be difficult. And even when people are making the same decision, the way it's being communicated is very different. So some people are just getting a get your stuff and go. And some mm. people are like, thank you so much for all the hard work you've done. They're getting a letter, they're getting support. They, do, you know, do you know what I mean? It, it, mm. it makes a difference, I think. So that, mm. that's that's an, been an issue, I think. And it is frustrating, that difference sometimes between England and Wales, for example, you know, around things like student bursaries. Because I remember um, covering... Um, um, an event from social media point of view in Wales and um, and kind of talking to um, some of the lecturers there about the differences and I totally, um, you know, not being aware of them as, um, you know, nurse practicing in England. But I think, um, you know, we need, you know, we need we need to kind of bridge those gaps. They need to be um, we need to be similar. So if we've got nursing bursaries happening in in Wales, it should be happening in England and and so on because you know we should be questioning why is there a difference if they can do it here why can't they do it there and things we are going to have some time when we speak to uh, we have a, a, a scottish session and a welsh session coming up because i think it's really important i think a lot of nurses don't realize how different things are in each of the, mm. the different countries and i think yeah. it's important for us just to, to bear that in mind yeah totally agree mm. i've got a question here from ben hannigan from the welsh contingent saying uh, a question for tonight's excellent MTHTV panel. That's you guys. Um, now that you've experienced working and studying in a pandemic, what suggestions would you make to, to unis and to the NHS to, um, to reform or to inform their um, responses to future issues like this? So if we're going to have any more pandemics or emergencies, what could, what could the NHS or what could universities do differently for you guys? That's a tricky one, Nikki. Because, um, I, like I said, initially everybody was silent. Nobody knew what was going on. So the communication was slow to come through. And then, obviously, once we 
kind of got into week three and four of the whole lockdown thing. Um, things became easier um, with just regular updates and, and meetings. And like I said, trust then started to put up regular information and things became more clear. And then you add, well, for me and the rest of my crew, we started to see a way forward. Um, what can make it easier? This is unprecedented, isn't it? Mm. So uh, let me let me have a think and get back to you on that one. Well, I was just going to add that I think that the NHS and universities, well, particularly my university, will go above and beyond the students um, as best they can. And actually, maybe it's a question of what can the government do for student nurses rather than the NHS and universities, because actually it really lies with them. And the NHS and universities are kind of, you know, how they support people is very dependent on what the government tells them. Um, and, you know, and that's supporting student nurses, supporting all healthcare workers, paying them correctly um, and making it a little bit easier to be a student nurse. Um, yeah, I think it's like a wider issue. Yeah, I'd like to think, given uh, this like kind of once in a lifetime out of the blue pandemic, I'd like to think if it ever happened again, touch wood, um, we'd be better prepared, firstly. Um, secondly, one thing I meant, meant to mention earlier when Jade said the support Middlesex University offered in Abertay, even though I'm not like currently in Scotland and I'm, I finished my hours, like there's many emails being sent out to all students that are on placement. There's like weekly check-ins and it's just a kind of a group email address to every student in third year and second year and whatever. So I think, yeah, right, like keeping, keeping in touch with students and making sure you're approachable like Abertay is a small university and they're very approachable. You'd know the lectures more on a personal basis. You'd be like comfortable to approach them if you had any issues and stuff. And just keeping that line of communication open so that students feel properly supported if, God forbid, they actually are going through another pandemic. But I think we weren't, like it came out of nowhere and all the countries weren't prepared really. So I think, as I said, if it was to happen again, they'd have a bit more a bit more of a clue on how to handle it, like be it mm-hmm. track and trace testing from the off offset kind of locking down early and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But let's say that there's not going to be another one. Mm. I think they need to be collating. They need to be collating the information now and, and building because what my issues with being out in placement might not be the same as a first year or second year. So if, if they're collecting all those reflective pieces and incorporating it into, you know, some sort of plan, and it wouldn't need to be a pandemic to, to understand what student need, students need and students want. And a, a big part of the problem was the communication we were finding out yeah. on Twitter. Something right. happened in waiting two or three days because then they were having a meeting at UNA or there was a meeting in government. We were we were having mass panic for two days and and, and glued to tellies to, to to see what's going on. So the whole thing was the communication. At the end of the day, we are adult learners. We are choosing to be at university. Tell us what's going on, or tell us we don't actually know what's going on at the moment. We'll keep you in the loop. Um, even having that and knowing that we're on the same level and not a different level is, is, is a is a big thing, a really really big thing. And and sometimes you felt a wee bit shut in the dark and felt. Like you're at school again, um, not through anybody's fault. I think the universities found out at the same time as we did. But even even that communication of we're not quite sure what's happening yet, but we understand. Or how are you feeling? And and having those regular check-ins. But start collating now. We should have been collating for the last few weeks about how everybody's feeling, so that we can we don't need to we don't need another pandemic to fix it. We need to fix it now. We need to be fixing it next week and working on things to progress. Um, uh, Any time uh, soon? It's definitely not. Laura, do I agree with you? The communication was um, 
patching. Because I recall the weekend we were sent a survey. Um, so the, we went into lockdown. We were still on, that was that would have been week two on placement. And we were sent a survey. And there was no communication from the uni. There was nothing. And there was this, almost this pressure to, to decide one way or the other than we had until I think it was the Monday. So we were sent a survey on Friday. And basically, we're told you need to decide whether you're going to opt in or opt out on the on the Monday. And if you opted out, then you there's there might be a possibility you wouldn't be able to finish your um, your hours for placement, which would then affect registration. So it was almost like this emotional blackmail, so to speak. It felt that way. Mm. So the lack of communication and and the pressure was there. So communication is definitely definitely um I think first and foremost, but. First and foremost, but if they don't know, like you said, then they don't know. They say we don't have the answer, and 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 let that be out there. There's, a, there's almost an element where they want to protect us and I, and I know that and I know that they want to protect the students they don't want to let us know absolutely everything because it might make us more anxious but yeah. it's nice to have that choice um it's nice to have that choice and that would that would probably be a big um piece of advice for me but but yeah mm-hmm. fixing things and going forward now not thinking mm-hmm. about the pandemic for sure yeah it was such a strange time I, looking back on it now I can't mm-hmm. believe how fast it happened do you know, from yeah. it happening out of nowhere, then us being online teaching straight away. And then the, for because I'm obviously based in London, all the health organisations, all the different trusts, all the different universities suddenly working together to pull all the placements so that people weren't travelling. People were just going to their nearest hospital. Um, it was really a really amazing response on one level, but it did come with a lot of... Um, <laughs> a lot of stress for a few days and yeah and I think you always assume don't you that um if you're if you're paying for a course you're paying for an experience and then the experience that you've got is not the experience that you guys have had right and that's really difficult and it's like I, I'd like my money back <laughs> well exactly I think people forget we are paying for this <laughs> you know we're not in, just doing in, it in England we are <laughs> yeah. paid for it we are paying to do this Mm. Mm. it's very unusual can I come to Vanessa and see if she has any more social media for us yeah um, there's been quite a few actually so some of them are more statements that I think reflect what we've been discussing so somebody's put um, from a mental health nursing perspective our COVID pandemic is not is yet to hit which I think reflects what we were saying earlier around Mm. mental health needs and I think that's really important I like the way that that's been phrased to acknowledge that and then we've got one here which is a question about education and that is, to all the students, many students have said there is a disconnect between theory and practice. How do you think going to university has helped you prepare? Any thoughts from our students? I, I personally don't feel as if there's a disconnect between theory and practice. It, it may be a bit different. Um, I've really, really enjoyed my experience and I've been able to relay and, and reflect on each experience within practice. Um, from the theory, um, every essay at the time you've thought was the worst essay ever, but reflecting on it has absolutely developed you and helped you become a better nurse in practice. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say that it was disconnected, but that could be my experience um, in comparison to everybody else's. Um, at the time, you don't realise it, but certainly, when you when you when you have to use it, you you know it because you've learned it and because you've spent weeks writing an essay about it. So. Yeah, I think it has it has been quite connected. I think the new, obviously the new programme um, that's certainly in place in Stirling looks even more amazing. Um, if anything else, I wish I could I could learn on that um, 
you know that 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 new um, program development rather than what we had. Um, but that would be the only that would be the only thing which which isn't a bad thing. So I agree with you on that, Laura. The new program does look amazing. It looks more detailed <laughs> and depth. And um, I wish I I I'm like. Man, I just missed it. But I wish I could have um, captured some of that as well. But I don't think there was a disconnect. I think um, mm. everything has come together to move forward. Definitely. Yeah. I'm part of the new programme and I don't know how different it was to before, but we did a long block of theory before we went on placement. And I actually thought for me, um, not that I have anything to compare it to, but that worked for me. And I found that all of the, like you're saying, the theory and the placement and the practice goes hand in hand and to have that you know three four months of theory foundation really set me up for going into practice mm. I think the breakdown in Dundee there's two universities in Dundee as a city in Scotland so the first second third they both do mental health nursing and I think the timetable for each each course is different because there's obviously limited places between NHS Tayside and NHS 5 which is where all the hospitals are based but um, I like with myself, I was forced on my placements throughout my journey that I got a good mix between general and different demographics in psych services. And like I, I found I functioned better on the practical, like placement side of things, as opposed to say assignments and presentations, which I was happy enough with my results with. It was just like I, I enjoyed the more hands on practical experience. And I found like the first couple of weeks, you're kind of settling in. If it's a four-week placement and you're in first year and you don't have much, much responsibility or you've no more, you, like you haven't done that much training, so you don't get as much learning experiences. Like four weeks is almost too little. By the time you're a bit settled and comfortable, you're yeah. gone. But um, for things like your sign-off, I think the first couple of weeks you're kind of settling in, then you become more confident and you have that long period of time where you can really come into your own. And um, but then by the end of it, you're pretty much good to go. And then, like me, you move back to Ireland. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, there wasn't much of a disconnect with myself. I, me personally, I found I'd settle in. Like I wouldn't. I'd link some some things, of course, with the kind of classwork content, like the practical skills and stuff, the skills labs. But more, I would just find my find my own through the placement. Like I wouldn't do a little bit of study beforehand to be aware of what you're getting yourself into, but. I think you just take it as it goes, take it as it comes. It's a great way to operate. It worked for me anyway. Well, please. We're coming to the end, Elisa. We'll just finish up with our questions. I think you've, um, Vanessa's got a couple more questions. Yeah. So we've got, um, we've got a few people, um, just giving feedback. Carmel Clancy, um, good feedback. Um, excellent panel discussion. Thanks to everyone. Then we've got um, Alfonso, who's um, going to be involved in a future um, session, who says, what advice would you give to prospective students who want to come into mental health nursing? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was asked this question in an interview. It was like, what would you do to promote the career? And for me, it was like, do you enjoy getting to know people? Do you enjoy being kind and looking after people, then it's a career for you because it's so broad. You could find your feet in, in different areas, like be a clinical in the community if you're more academic, the research side of things. But um just like there's so much opportunities and mm -hmm. it's varied. You're you're doing you're doing good in the world. So it's been a perfect fit for me. 
Mm. I, I would I would just add on to Sean and, and you know, Sean and I have been really, really lucky that we've been involved in quite a lot through our journey, quite, mm. quite a bit and quite a bit of big things that have then taken us on, things that have taken us to be on here tonight. So I would say that there's the although mental health is a lot smaller in comparison to adult nursing, there is scope for it to go as far as you want to go. Um, opportunities to take you there if you've got the drive and the determination and that basic need to want to help people and help others help other people, then the opportunities are there and there's a lot of opportunities there to grab. So um, it's, mm. a, it's a great... Did you um, want to say something briefly about the um, conferences that have been being organised? Yeah, so um, Sean and I done the um, Futures Mental Health Nursing Conference last year, that the year before, last year, that's how we met, it was the year before we started organising it, um, that was a, a, a massive um, a massive point in both our, our journeys, we had over 600 people attend it, it was one of the most successful ones so far, um, but since that point, um, we've actually become chairs of the Student Mental Health Nursing Forum in Scotland, um, and the the actual mental health nursing forum is 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 quite a, an instrumental and in, um, in terms of different agencies and professionals being involved to have a voice for for mental health nurses. So we now have started a student version. It's quite new, um, but our hope is to kind of gather all those voices and and people's concerns and and things that you wouldn't normally raise, like the like the, the payment stopping in the thirty first July, like taking that right up to the top if we can and, and raising it a lot quicker and having a student voice. Um, so that's quite new, but that's just one of the opportunities which has landed us here tonight. So um, Sean maybe wants to say a bit more about it. Yeah, basically what Laura said, just if prospective students, I just say like if you're you find your feet, you're eager and motivated, there is plenty of opportunities. Put yourself out there to Jade. Like she's obviously on tonight as a first year. She has the next three two years ahead of her. Like I'm sure she's passionate and eager. So she'll be putting herself forward for things outside the classroom. And who knows where it will end up. But um, it's all great because it's adding to something bigger than yourself, you know, contributing to something bigger, which is what Laura's saying, yeah. like student voice. It's the kind of collective student, mental health nurse student Scotland voice that we can then bring to the table with the professional body, which is the mental health nurse forum, which will have a bit of a sway in like parliament or in like uh, mental welfare commission, like in education and research whatever it is, but there's definitely opportunities there for people that want them. They just need to put themselves forward for it. I just think that being a nurse is such a privilege. In my opinion, it's a privilege. You see people in their most vulnerable state um, and the feeling that you get when you see somebody who's, um, you know, come from not being very well at all um, to being able to just perform like daily tasks and things like that. And knowing that you've been a part of that journey and you've made that impact. I just don't think there's any feeling like it. And I don't know if there's many other jobs like it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think so. But you, Trivoli. Um, for me, say to anyone coming into nursing if you like developmental if you like development because there's so much development and progress in nursing I think developing personally and is such a very grow so um, and there's skills as well you you widen your skills and if you have the qualities for it then it's for you because I feel like I said I've never looked back be perfectly comfortable um, I feel I've journeyed and progressed and I'm pleased with my progress so far and for me this is just the beginning I'm looking forward to what else can I do with this role and where it's going to take me and 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 now that I'm at the end of my 
Well, it's not ending. <laughs> you never finish reading, do you? You always, you always <laughs> have to keep yourself updated. The minute you decide you're going to close the books and then that's it, you're never going to be left behind. So um, I think for now, having finished with um, uni at the moment, I'm now mapping a learning journey for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, where, I'm, where, do, where do I want this to take me? And, and moving forward, really. That's very positive. Thank you. Thank you. Vanessa, is there anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think um, a comment from me, but and also this comment here from Grant Fraser King, because it seems like a good one to end on as well, which is it's vital you remember why you wanted to become a mental health nurse. Please record it somewhere. Um, mm. And that's really important, isn't it? Especially given um, the current situation that you're all becoming mental health nurses in. And I think just for me, just to say that, you know, I've been really heartened to listen to you all, you know, the inspiration and um, the values that you all carry. And it's reassuring because you're going to be the next generation of mental health nurses to know um, that you hold those values and, and beliefs and passion and energy for mental health nursing. So, yeah, thank you. It's been really great. discussion. Yeah. I think what I really like is that you guys have such a sense of your own worth. Do you know what I mean? Like speaking up, speaking out. You guys are gold dust. There are not enough nurses. And the the, idea, the fact that you were able to say, it's not okay to treat us like this, or we have something to offer, that is really positive. It's really heartening. It's, it's absolutely the future of nursing. Mm. You know, speaking up, speaking yeah. out, knowing your stuff, wanting to change, wanting to grow, wanting to learn, all that stuff is absolutely brilliant. You're looking after me one day, so I'm delighted to see <laughs> the quality. <laughs> I think um, on that note, perhaps we should um, bid everyone a good night. And um, so if you guys just stay there, we'll say good night to everybody. Dave will be finishing up. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.